Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. D. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back, back here in the house on a Wednesday, a victory Wednesday for the Detroit Lions. Me and Grifka got all types of things to say about it, but uh, we are recording just after the trade deadline, uh, big trade deadline, the NFL, Grifka. Bob Quinn, hello, are you there? NFL, hello. <laughs> Nothing but crickets on the trade deadline. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. We'll talk all about it, but uh, Grifka, I haven't done it in a while. I mean... I think it's uh we gotta queue it up again for the people. Grifka, what's going on, buddy? Hey buddy. Oh, hey buddy. Oh, hey buddy. Hey buddy, hey buddy, hey buddy. Grifka. Ooh, hey buddy. What's going on? <laughs> hey man, it's uh Nice to be back and talking about a much-needed uh, W, getting back in the uh, the win column for the Lions. Real big dubski. You know, I'm always excited about those. We'll talk all about it. But, Grifka, the trade deadline has come and went. I mean, absolute crickets. Bob Quinn asleep at the wheel. Everybody's up in arms. But I want to talk a little bit about rumor and innuendo, as we do on this show oftentimes. Um, the the most interesting uh, rumor innuendo that I heard was uh, Bob Quinn offered, which I don't know why it was phrased like this. They said he offered the Denver Broncos less than a third round pick, which is just a weird way to phrase it. I mean, it, uh, they probably just don't know and they're just making it up, but supposedly less than a third rounder for Chris Harris, the cornerback, a pretty dang good football player, a little bit older in the uh, just turning over 30, 31 years old there probably would have been a rental uh what do you think about that did you hear that same thing and would you have wanted him to sort of bring in a cornerback at that price yeah um I heard that as well and uh when I first was reading the headlines there was some speculation that it was like they most they offered was a fifth rounder now uh I can I can see why like you said it was probably going to be a rental so you don't want to give up you know any really high you know third rounds you know that's a that's a decent take for a guy that you're right 31. I mean, he is. He's a good player, and uh, but he probably just would have been a rental. Probably wouldn't have re-signed him, and especially you know, 31 for quarter uh, cornerback. It's one of those ages that uh, eh, you really start to worry about him. You, you really don't want to throw a whole boatload of cash at him. But uh, yeah, I, I read that same headline too. So uh, obviously Denver was uh, kind of looking for a little too much for what the Lions are willing to offer. See, Griff, because this is what I don't understand. Like. No, the the report was no one else even offered anything for Chris Harris. Chris Harris is an expiring expiring contract. You're not going to get anything for him until 2021. If Bob Quinn offered you a fourth or even a fifth round pick, and you know you're terrible because you're the Denver Broncos, 
I mean, why would you not uh, swipe this up? And, and to me, you know, why doesn't Bob Quinn push a little harder on this? Because, again, I like Chris Harris. He's, he makes plays on the football. He's always been pretty good. I feel like he'd come into Detroit, fit right in with that cornerback duo and be a nice little addition. I think that would have been really nice. But this is what happens in the NFL trade deadline, Griff, because these, these GMs, these guys who are smarter than everyone, the smartest people in the room, they sit there and they wait till the last minute for, what, months and months leading up to this trade deadline. Let's switch here. You know, they, they got their windows open, listen to these crickets, thinking, oh, I'm going to wait till the very end and, and everyone's going to triple their offer or something ridiculous. Like, you know what happens is you sit there and, all, and we got crickets everywhere. And all you really do is cost yourself trades because everybody runs out of time and they just go, oh, damn, trade deadline's over. We'll just we'll just stick with what we got. And then they then they sell that to the fan base of like, oh, we had some discussions, but nothing, uh, nothing close. I mean, I feel like they just run out of time because they're all too stubborn, too smart for their own good. And they also they you know me. Am, am I not the draft pick guy? Am I not the guy who thinks that draft capital is the end all be all? But. I think the NFL guys are even way worse than me. They think they're going to hold on to these picks uh, no matter what and and pass up on, on good football players. You're telling me Chris Harris for a fourth rounder wouldn't help the Lions right now? I mean, wouldn't be good for a rental. And if he really blows up, maybe we hand him a year or two extension and and keep, keep uh, Slay, him, Tracy Walker. I mean, oh, that's my mini rant right now. But I feel like these guys just wait so long that they just run out of time. And then they're just like, oh, damn. We, oh, we like our team. We, we, we like our team. It's like, well, why have you been negotiating for weeks and weeks or wasting everybody's time? I don't get it. So, Yeah, oh. there's, a, there's a few things that it kind of makes me wonder. I mean, one, there's so few games. And, and we talk about it, you know, you know, picks, you know. Uh, they always try, a lot of teams try to stockpile all these picks. And, and yeah. And there's only so many rounds in football, and I, I can never understand it. Like when a team has, like, you always hear it seems like the Philadelphia Eagles always has, like, they always have, like, you know, 13 picks, and the, the Patriots always have a, have a bunch of picks, and and I guess that's how they can always kind of bring those veterans in and you know pay them a good amount of money. But uh, I, I know you don't want to, I know you don't like talking about the sport and uh, on the show, but I don't know if they almost kind of figure it's like a baseball trading deadline where. Team's like, okay, we really need this guy for like, you know, oh, we got a month left in the season. Well, the month left in like the football season, you got what, four games, five games at the most. And, and you know, baseball, you still got another 35, 40 games. You know, and that's a huge, that's a huge difference there. So I don't know if they're like trying to like play it that way. It's like, you're right, wait right to the end and somebody's going to come in and just bust us with this. Uh, oh, here's a second round pick for this guy because we want to open these other guys. But then NFL teams look back, it's like, we're only going to get this guy for what? eight games and he's going to be a rental. Do we really want to give up, you know, a third round pick that could turn out to be X stud, you know? So I, I don't know, but you're right. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I was seeing stuff like Jamal Adams, you know, the, I mean, was it the they, they wanted from the Cowboys a first and a, a couple second rounders. I mean, for Jamal Adams. And that's one of those things that you kind of look back and it's like, wow, that's really not that bad of a deal for Jamal Adams, considering that Cowboys picks probably going to be down a little farther. So that one, you might want to take a run at, but I don't know. I mean, it seems like uh, the Lions, right? They, uh, you know, Bobby Quinn just didn't want to uh, give up a fourth rounder. Or maybe Denver just was like, no, Chris Harris is so good. And maybe he thinks I still have a chance out in that division. But I don't see it. But I don't know why some teams just sit there just to sit there. 
Grifka, I believe the Denver Broncos have two wins. I mean, uh, they have a, a who knows at quarterback. Are you kidding me? Like even John Elway is not that stupid to think he's got uh, got a chance uh, with the team they got out there. But we would have that definitely would have helped our team. Now uh, I'm gonna get off my rant here on that, but uh, I, I got to hit you with this before we get to our Giants review. Talk about a big big victory for the Lions. Uh, big play Slay on the trade block. You love him. You shook his hand. You know, you anointed this guy. I mean, he talks a lot of noise. He's funny. Half the time we can't understand when he's talking noise. Um, you know, where were you with this? Because I, I've got a take on it, um, but I want to hear yours first. Like, there was a lot of rumblings, you know, Darius Slay traded for this, that, and the other. What was your thoughts on all that? Um. This is where I'm playing with my heart. I was worried that he was it was going to be gone. He's, I, you know how I feel about him. I believe he's the best defense back on the team. You know, I think he's probably one of the top, you know, eight or nine cornerbacks in the whole league. I mean, I know people can disagree with me. If you want to disagree with me, uh, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. You know, uh, Griffka DKC or uh, call in at the line at nine eight nine. Two seven two three four eight four and leave a message or a text, but uh, I was I was really worried because I know they probably would have asked for the bank for it. And it always seems like Philadelphia is one of those dumb teams that's always like more than willing to like give up you know a first round pick, their firstborn, all their freaking debit card numbers with this five three digit number on the back to make a trade <laughs> for anything. So yeah, when I heard that Philadelphia was really interested, I was I was worried to be to be honest with you because I'm like no, not my favorite player. But you're right. I mean, if, I mean, if, if, if you're going to be a GM, you know, then I would have been like, if they're offering you everything, you know, the Holy Grail and, you know, their firstborn, I mean, well then, yeah, you got to take it then. But I mean, you might as well play the sound clip because if they would have traded them, you know what I would have said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> oh man. The, uh, the new soundbite that's sweeping the world. Let me see if I got it here somewhere. We got to have that one. So yeah. if they would have traded Darius Slay, I mean, your favorite player, you shook his hand. I mean, again, I, I laughed so hard because you say he's the best cornerback on the team. That was your same take with Antonio Brown, all these people. Yeah, we get it, Griff. Could they trade Antonio or uh, your boy Slay? I guarantee you're doing this. What the hell? What the hell? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> exactly. there, there's, a, there's no doubt you're breaking that out. Now, let me let me bring you back to earth here because – what I was about to say, too, about the whole uh, Chris Harris is like, okay, yeah, if we give up a fourth round, fifth round, I'm not as concerned about those. Not saying you can't get good football players there. But the biggest thing about trading in the NFL and the reason the guys hang on to it so much is because it's so ridiculous when it comes to uh, dollars and cents. I mean, uh, me and Hughes were just talking about the big 32-team fantasy league that we do. Um where you are balancing the budget. He traded away Trey Flowers to a guy because um, he wasn't going to be able to extend him. And the guy went in and paid Trey Flowers, you know, 12 million in that league, which we just said like the second round pick that he got is going to be like four years at 7 million total. Right. So it's all, it's all about turning over that budget and being smart with the money. So that's why I get why they hang on to him. But like, look at, look at the, the parameters, Griff Cook, Darius Slay, Great, great lion. He's been a great lion. He's been a great teammate, a great guy in the locker room. He's also been that for like 
a good handful of years now. I mean, he's moving up into the 30-year-old range. Like I said, he's sort of disgruntled right now. Everybody in the league is finally on board that Darius Slay is a baller when it comes to playing the cornerback position. His value is never going to be higher. If someone's giving you a first and a third or a first and a player or a first and basically anything else, I think this was the time to highly consider it. Are you going to ruffle feathers if you can't bring another corner in? Are you going to kind of set yourself back a little bit? Yeah, but first round picks are gold. You get the fifth year option. I mean, you got something else coming away. So again, we know you shook his hand. We know you love him. We know he's your favorite player on the team. But I, with my GM hat, sort of put all that aside and said, if you got the right deal, you know, I was willing to sort of move forward saying this is a move for, you know, 2020 and 2021, because we only have so, uh, such a window with Matt Stafford. I'd say it's the next three years, the way he's playing now. Like I extended that out because the guy's balling out. So he's playing great. He wants to be in Detroit. You've got about a three-year window to build around him. And it doesn't have to happen this second. It could happen next year and the year after. You could really be rolling if you churned over those assets, but there was a, there was a big split on Twitter about, you know, everybody want to keep him just because how he plays now and because they love him like you. And there was a contingent like me that said, you know, again, when it comes to value and dollars and cents, like I thought it, it really made some uh, sense with an, with an S in this situation because, you know, it, his value was never going to be higher. And like, say he's not the happiest guy uh, on the surface. And what if he holds out next year? What if you keep him and he just holds out and either says, pay me or get rid of me. And, uh, and you kind of lose out on that, that iron that was hot right now. So that's my take on Slay. I mean, he's here. If he gets healthy with Hammy, I think he'll help the team and probably help us get a few W's this year. Will it be enough to get over the hump is what I'm curious about. And again, without going on a big rant, like Bob Quinn did nothing else to add to this team. We have probably the worst running back core in the NFL. I mean, I think that's pretty much clear, you know, from the people we have right now. Didn't bring in anybody else. I don't know how you're going to get by extensively with those guys in the backfield. Okay, yeah, they, they, they do decent here or there. But, you know, I can't see them holding up, you know, for the next, you know, eight, ten games and, and leading us to anything. So, like I say, we're split on that. I figured we would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it seems like I, I was reading the same stuff you were reading with the split. Like people are like, here, trade him now. You know, if he, if he doesn't want to be here, he's unhappy. Okay. Get what you can get for him. And like, you, like you said, there's a lot of people fans wise going, you know, what are you doing? And I think ultimately it's one of those things where I think the voices of the, what are you doing would have been so much louder than the, yeah, you're right. We should trade this guy. He's disgruntled. He doesn't want to be here. Or, you know, his contract's up. You know, kind of looking at, like, how you said, the iron's hot strike now because, you know, everybody really likes him. But that's one of those things, like, you know, either either Bob Quinn, you know, is strong enough to think, you know, what's that saying? If you listen to the fans, you're going to be sitting with them. Um, if he's strong enough and, you know, thinking it's like, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to look forward. You know, the team isn't ready quite yet this year and we're going to bring more capital in, you know, you know, going forward, you know, if he, if he felt that was the way to go, but uh, I don't know, maybe some people really, maybe some people in the organization thought, you know, we still have a chance this year, especially if this slate of games coming up that they could really rack up some W's. 
Yeah, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have viewed it as a white flag either way. But like you say, I don't think Bob Quinn's too worried about the uh, the public reaction based on what he's done in the past and some of his convictions on these third round picks that we all hated that end up working out like gold right now. So, you know, we'll see. Like I say, we definitely had to talk some trade deadline off the top, but uh, very quiet across the league. I mean, like I say, these guys holding on to their draft picks like gold and uh the Lions are going to go at it with what they have. I mean, again, I'm very curious to see how the running backs shake out because I I haven't really understood what they've been doing since the get-go. And with carry-on down, it just seemed like an obvious you need something, somebody that can have has a track record or can make some plays. It's going to be all on your boy Ty Johnson. And then, like you say, got to get got to get Slay back, got to get some of these uh, players, let Will Harris develop and uh, – I think we can go on a little bit of a run, but, you know, sustained success where we're empty at a few areas, unless that D line picks it up might be tough. So um, you got anything else trade deadline Grifka, or you want to get to this giants game? Uh, Let's get to this giants game. All right. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. We're going to come back. And like I say, this was a, this was a victory. Um, Some would say not so great. Other people say it was a a really needed win. Um, We're going to talk all about it. Some really uh, key plays, some fun things to discuss in this game. So hang in there with us, everybody uh, support our sponsors. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, the DKC, we are back in the building, uh, coming off our break here, and... uh, the Detroit Lions were at home in Ford Field facing the New York football giants. Everybody had this as a game the Lions should win. You know, we had some key injuries at different spots. And uh, this this game kind of played out how I kind of said it would uh, last week. Griff, I said that, uh, you know, the, the Giants were going to make some plays. They had some playmakers. Pretty much all those guys kind of showed up in the limited capacity I thought I would. Uh, Saquon did his thing but didn't beat us by himself. And uh, we came out with a victory. So, um, you know, I gosh, I don't even know. Uh, give, give your your overarching take, and then we'll sort of work our way through this game. It, this game kind of reminded me of the Lions of not too long ago, where Matt Stafford kind of had to do everything. You know, when they didn't have a running game, and the defense was, you know, giving up a whole bunch of yards, and he just had to, like, put the whole team on his shoulders and, you know, pretty much march them down the field all the time, you know, with passes and making great plays that way. That's sort of reminded me of. I know, like, we've, you know, you've said in the past, you know, each team's a little different, but this just kind of seemed like that blueprint there, and I'm almost afraid with where, like you just mentioned the prior segment with the running game, we might fall back into that, and that's putting an awful lot of stress back on the quarterback, 
that we don't need. Um, it was great. Those plays that Bevel's, you know, tearing out the, you know, the flea flicker, some of those passing routes, I mean, that's stuff we haven't seen. I mean, you know, under Jim Bob and stuff like that. But, gosh, that defense, man, it's it seems so porous from what we were expecting before. I'm re- I, I realized Slay was out and, and Walker got hurt, you know, with his his knee. And I, I, I heard he's day-to-day, and I hope he's back sooner than later. But, gosh, that, that D just seems to be giving up yards, like just letting teams march all over him. So I, I was happy they won, man, but I'm really worried about that defense. All right, we'll probably get into it as we work our way through this game. But before we get going, I got to hit on this one guy that you mentioned. Stafford! (laughs) Matt Stafford, Grifka, is balling out. This guy is protecting. You know, I got on him earlier in the year for his dumb fumble inside the 10. Uh, He had a terrible pick to start this game. But, man, is this guy playing well. He is throwing some BBs. I I think I wrote uh, Hughes and a couple other buddies. I said, how pretty do those throws look that he's making on the slow-mo? Just perfect spirals right on the money. Like, absolutely fun to watch. And uh, he's leading this team, man. I know that was our big thing before the year. Was he going to be, you know, slumping around and kind of doing his uh, thing the last couple years? Or was he going to revert back and play great football? And, man, has he been good. So, Keep doing what you're doing, boy, because people are talking about him MVP, and and I think he's going to have another great opportunity when they head out west to have another big game. But let's talk about some of the big plays in this game. So, um, you know, right off the top, uh, I know this is one you want to dissect and hit on, Griff, because it's one of your favorite guys in the league. Jared Davis comes flying up the middle to uh, crush uh, your boy, Danny Dimes, who's one of your favorite non-Lions, and uh, the ball comes free. I'm yelling, ball out. That's a that's a lateral. And uh, Devon Kennard, who's a guy that we've all started to love as a Lions football player, just a great, solid piece to this defense. Scoop and score into the end zone to get the Lions up 7-zip. You had to love that one. I mean, Jared Davis is absolutely incredible and a great tackler and just unbelievable, don't you think? Um, great tackler. Um, uh, this is, this is where you was, agree. This, this is where you agree with me, right? Uh, that was a great tackler, but uh, that was a, that was a good play, and that was one of those plays when I first saw it, and it ha- it happened so fast. I was like, was that straight down the line? You know, what, 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 no, was that? Gonna, it always seems like you know one of those things. Like, oh no, that was straight down the line, and then they'll go review it, where all of us are sitting there going, it's blatantly obvious it was a backward pass, but they're like, um, oh, the call stands. So, but that one was once once I saw the replay, and he, you know, you know, Danny Dimes, Mister Cool nickname for having one game against the crappy Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, yeah, he obviously threw that like three yards behind the line of scrimmage. So yeah, that was a great play. Canard heads up play, picking it up, you know, scoop and score. Oh yeah, that was, that was a great, that was a great play. Very happy about it. <laughs> All right. So you agree with me. Um, but the, uh, is this also Grifka? Cause like I said, I know we'll uh, go back and forth on this throughout the game. Is, is this that porous defense that you're talking about that, uh, not, not only gets to the quarterback, but gets the ball out and scores a defensive touchdown. I just want to be clear. Uh, yeah, yeah, along with the 300 and some odd yards and four touchdowns they gave up to Dan. Nah, nah, nah. We, we, uh, we, we got to get to a 49 yard touchdown to Marvin Hall, an absolute 
a beautiful deep ball by Matt Stafford uh, up over the top. Marvin Hall's got some juice. They kind of just said, you know, earlier in the game, this guy was averaging like 38 yards a catch. And then Stafford just, uh, I love it when Stafford says, I cut it loose. That's like my favorite phrase that, uh, you know, who does? Stafford! He's like, I cut it loose uh, to uh, Marvin Hall, deep 49-yard touchdown. He runs under it. I thought he gave it good loft, let him get under it. But uh, Griffith's 14 nothing. I mean, that that's nothing in the NFL, right? That's not a good getting off to a good start or anything, right? Yeah, this is one of those things where me and you, uh, you, you kind of get on me about it, where I'm just like, <laughs> you go out there, you kick him in the teeth, the game's over by halftime. That's where I thought this was going. I'm like, they're just dominating this team. I'm like, <laughs> you know, this is the uh, – hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, timeout. I need at least a TV timeout if not a full. So the Lions are up 14-0, and you're starting to think, uh, first of all, don't go with some kick them in the teeth. I mean, if you're going to say that, use your catchphrase, please. Oh, man, you punch them in the face and take their candy. Happy Halloween, how you gonna? How you gonna? How you gonna skip that around <laughs> Halloween? Second of all, like so, the Lions go up fourteen nothing, and you're thinking punch them in the face and take their candy. Yet we're at Lambeau, and it's thirteen zip. The Lions make one error, and and you acted like, and you told me on the podcast thirteen zip. That's not a big lead, but here you're freaking out. Are you kidding me? Go ahead. One's the Packers in Lambeau, <laughs> and the other one is the Giants with oh, you know God. with your boy. You know, Saquon, which rhymes with Stanquan. And, uh, you know, I, sorry, I thought this game was in the bag, considering how much we bagged on him when we were talking about the uh, the preview of the game. I'm like, 14 nothing. You know, get Wayne, Captain Wayno to, you know, get the victory cigar out, light it up, you know, take the rest of the day off, guys. <laughs> See, I, I was excited again, like, anytime the Lions get off to a good start, I like it. But, you know, I – it's just like, to me, almost every NFL games I preach to you all the time, like they all are pretty much decided within seven, 10 points. You know, there's not too many blowouts in the league. So, you know, I, I wasn't doing backflips, but I, I think it was an exciting, uh, well-played first quarter, 14-0. Defense seemed to be playing better. The defense that you called out uh, seemed to be rushing more. We had four up on the line. We were bringing some pressure, not only from Jared Davis, but uh, we'll talk later about another player who ended up getting two sacks on two consecutive plays. I am going to make sure I note that for you. But uh, Griff, I'll throw this one to you. You probably have a lot to say about it. Darius Slayton um, not only catches a 22-yard touchdown right up over the top, I believe it was uh, Rashad Melvin. But then he also catches a 28-yard ball. Again, just a 50-50 throw it up. Our guy never really gets his head around or makes a play on the ball. Uh, two back-to-back pretty deep, uh, you know, medium-length touchdowns to a rookie named Darius Slayton from Daniel Jones there. I mean, now it's uh, – let's see. I think they missed the extra point. So 13-14 kind of uh, end end of the second quarter heading into the half. Uh, where's your mood at this point? Because I'm glad you didn't text me. Um, my, my mood at this point is just like, <laughs> what's going on here? Their uh, rookie quarterback is just chucking the ball up to a rookie wide receiver, which somehow the New York media gave this guy the nickname Big Play Slayton. You know, so I was just like, oh, hold on, break, man. I, I've got a, uh, I got a sound bit for that. Hold on. Uh, Big Play Slayton. Are you kidding me? Child, please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> this guy's made a couple plays all year, and they're calling him Big Play Slayton. Really? Is that is that a real thing? I mean, no way. Child, please. Uh, please. Exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. It's just like, come on. And then he's just like, yeah, it's nice. You know, I, I know the pros, they can dance and stuff, but it's just like, you're right. Those are almost kind of like jump balls. And I like things like Melvin's just like, turn your head around, man. It's just like, you're getting, you know, beat like a dusty rug. And it was just like, you know, and I know you hate when I say this, but I'm just like, gosh, man, I've seen this game before. And I was like starting to get the tension headache and I'm just like, oh, gosh. But, yeah, oh, I better just, I, I, I better like, get yeah. it, I better get it ready, Grifka. If you when you go to that again, I need to just have my hand on the button. Ah! <laughs> no, you don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. You know what I was thinking before the show too? I didn't get any ready, but this would have been a great game to do some Caruso's with the Giants and some of these names that we had. I could have done some awesome Caruso's, but uh, yeah. like like but I gotta fight you again on something like. Melvin, I, I don't know if the other one was Coleman. I can't really remember, but he didn't get beat like a dusty rug. Like, he's right there. Like you said, get your head around a little bit better. Or I don't understand why they don't rake through the hands more. Like, it seemed like his arms were all up in his business, but he can't get through his hands or, or get his hands on the football enough to just even make it. You know how the NFL goes. If there's barely any movement, they're going to call it incomplete. But like I say, he just didn't get anything done here. And, and then, like I say, I thought it was funny. Again, another visiting kicker missing extra point. It's like, I swear they got the AC turned up in Ford Field or something. It's ridiculous how many how many kicks and whatnot are missed. But uh, so so you're freaking out. You're doing your SOL garbage. I'm sitting there going, eh, like, good start. You know, I don't like those two touchdowns. But you just sort of tip your cap to the opponent. Um, Lions are able to come down and give uh, Matt Prater. I believe he had missed one earlier from – from 50 plus just barely, but he was able to connect from 52 um, heading into the half there to give the Lions a 17, 13 lead in the half. Um, you know, overall thought it was good. I mean, most people are thinking, why is this game close? It shouldn't be close again. Hello people. It's the NFL. You know, they, they have, they pay their players too. But uh, anytime I go in with a lead and know that I'm getting the football is a good thing. And before I throw it to you, Grifco, we come right out the tunnel, which is something me and you always talk about getting the ball in the third quarter, going right down the field. Kenny G, the Galladay in with a nine-yard touchdown. And this was a Tony uh, toe-tap beauty where he just snagged it, put those puppies down, got in the end zone, had to love it. Yeah, that was a great catch, you know. You know, Kenny Boy making an awesome catch. And it's one of those things, I don't know, did you read the headline earlier this week that came out? Because they were talking to Golden Tate, and, like, when he first saw him, Kenny Galladay play, you know, as a rookie, he, he said to himself, he's not very good. Did, did you have what that would that be? Line? What would that be in Grifka terms? He's not that great. <laughs> I, I did see that. And I was like, Oh man, that's interesting. You know, golden Tate's always an open book. Uh, but then, then what did he say? That he's that's actually the part you know, I like to focus on. Yeah. He's uh, really turned around. He's, you know, probably one of the best, you know, wide receivers. Yeah, he said he could be the best in the game or that he may start making plays and, and his work ethic. And again, that's my main reason for Kenny. If Kenny was like this, you know, freak Marvel, but he was like had those diva tendencies or only was, you know, making plays every once in a while, I wouldn't have been as high on him. But after that first year, you just watch his interviews, you watch his mentality. You're like, this guy's he's freaky athletic, even though he's not a burner. He can catch everything. He's humble 
and he's also like determined to really want to be great. So, um, you know, I think Tate saw that after a while. It's kind of like, this isn't just a tall guy with long arms or, you know, guy that can catch the jump ball. This guy has a lot of things you look for and, uh, he, he's really showing it. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it later, but that was a, not only a great hands catch, but to, to get the feet down. And like I say, 24, 13 at this point, like you had to love it. That was a big time play and something that really, uh, really helped the Lions there. Yeah. And what I'm really liking what I saw from this game and what it actually been kind of happening all year is that with the Lions wide receiving core, you, you never really know who's going to go off. I mean, against Minnesota. Yeah. We talked about that game, but Marvin Jones, huge game. And so you're almost kind of expecting, okay, he's going to be the number one, but Marvin Jones, I mean, he had a few catches in this game, but you know, Kenny Galladay had the big game. So it's one of those things, even like if something's happening where defenses are taking those two away, Amendola could have a big game. It's just, there's just so many guys that can catch the ball on this team and they are catching it. And um, I saw a stat they're like, what, second and third in the league for percentages of, you know, like least drops or something like that, as opposed to stuff that we've seen in the past where it seems like the Lions have had so many teams that they couldn't hold on to the ball when thrown to them that this team, you know, catches the ball. So that's what I'm really liking on this. Even if I, I we got to get some sort of running game, though, and because, it's, like I said, it seems like the defense is giving up a whole lot of yards right now. I just don't want Matt Stafford to be that guy that has to, like, every game, you know, fourth quarter need to, like, make a game-winning drive. I mean, yeah, he can do it. We've seen it. we got the you know, wide receiving core to do it. But, you know, for if they were looking to take that pressure off, and it's just uh, – yeah, they, they really need to do something with that running game. But it's nice to see that we got the wide receivers, you know, many, many different ones that can put up big stats when needed. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a good point. Like you say, you don't want him to to have to have everything on his shoulders, but he's playing so good right now. It's sort of our best option. Like when they were running some run plays, it's like, just let him sling it. You know what I mean? He's throwing it around. We got playmakers. Danny Boy is just slicing people up. And like I say, I, I know you're sort of – winning another one of our little <coughs> uh, half arguments, Grifka, like that Hawkinson has sort of been, you know, limited. But, I mean, every time he's used, he's he's not only pretty good, he's he's pretty smooth and catching, can run after the catch. But, I mean, he's getting very few footballs and one for 21 in this game. It was just kind of like once he got that one, I'm kind of like, all right, let's let's get let's get 75 or, or use him in the red zone. I was calling like, come on, Hawk, let's go. And uh, just never saw another ball the whole game. But like you said, part of that is a um, a negative that comes from having all these other guys that you're gonna you're gonna spread it around and and you don't know. But like I say, I think we've used uh, the others enough that we need to feature this guy. He took eighth overall, as well as you know, yeah, I love Danny Amendola getting a bunch of catches. But I mean, if I had my choice, I'd be throwing it out to Kenny, you know, more often than uh, than the old man there in the slot. But uh, we're hard to deal with, no doubt. Yeah. I have so, a quick question. I have a quick question for you. I mean, yeah. once again, our defense—it's given up some yards, but I know you saw this one play, and I think even though it was Saquon Barkley doing that, you had to have cheered a little bit inside. Where I just went like, "Oh my gosh!" The the play where he like broke the linebacker's ankles and like made him look foolish. Did Did you see that play? <laughs> I mean, I've seen I saw the play, and then I've seen the highlight like three, four times on like different social media outlets were like, look at Saquon Barkley, break the linebacker's ankles. And yeah, he does. I mean, that's like an AI <laughs> move and like the linebackers hit the ground, like somebody shot him. And I know you were like Saquon's your boy. So you're probably jumping for joy when that happened. But I just like kind of put my head in my hands when I saw that. But did you like okay. that play, even though it was for the Giants? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, let me get to that play, but I think you said AI, didn't you? Yeah, it was kind of like an AI movie. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? You know we got to get that in when there's an AI reference on a football podcast. But Grifka, who did he shake? I, I can't remember. I thought that was uh, Christian Jones, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I think it was, because if it would have been number 40, you would have definitely had it memorized. But yeah, I thought the one Christian, you were going to bring up. Because honestly, when it was Christian Jones, I thought to myself, hey, we could have used Devin Bush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christian Jones a big dude. I mean, he's kind of just, uh, you know, that plodding linebacker. But, yeah, I, I remember him getting turned around. But I, I don't get too upset about those plays because it's kind of like, you know, you get if we're going to make basketball references, it's like when Jordan would do people up. It's kind of like. What do you expect? You know, it's the, it's the best in the game or he's just way more athletic than you. Um, with the one I thought you were going to bring up is when Saquon did a couple dekes on a few people. And then he put my boy Will Harris in the ground with a face uh, with a uh, stiff arm. Just absolutely oh, yeah. choke slammed him like you versus Taylor Decker. You know what I mean? Uh, at training camp, uh, just absolutely put him in the turf. Yeah, obviously Saquon Barkley lifts. That's all I got to say, because that guy just bench pressed his face right to the ground. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's good. That's what I told you when you were going on your rants about, oh, he's not that great. And then, uh, you know, this guy, this guy, number 13 at receiver for them, he only made one catch. Like, yeah, they're pretty good. I I don't know if you've realized, but now now it seems like you do. Grifka, I'm going to throw this one to you because you love tight ends. Um, soon after the Kenny touchdown, they come right back down the field and the Detroit Lions do what drives me nuts every single game. They 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 don't guard anything well within like the three yard line. It doesn't matter what it is. It's either run up the middle, they go in untouched, but normally it's some stupid bootleg or a a pick play that everybody practices probably 10 times a week. We can't cover it worth a dang and a little simple uh, pick play. Evan Ingram. Wow. Imagine that another tight end scores inside the 10 yard line against the Detroit lions. You gotta be kidding me. I went off when this happened. Yeah, it was one of those plays where I'm just like, we never guard the tight end. And I swear, <laughs> once again, Rory was standing in the back of the end zone pointing out who it went to. So, by the way, you know, have given it some thought. Who could be Rory? Might bring it up on the, on the next podcast. Just want to, you know, put that out there. Because I do have a couple theories who it may be. But, um, <laughs> okay. so, yeah, that was like, once again, I mean, like for years and years, I know you hate when I say this, but. The Lions never guard the tight end. I mean, I just I don't know why. They just must think that guy never catches the ball or he's not an eligible receiver. I, I don't get it. Grifka, that's definitely that that's two podcasts, future p- podcast topics. The conspiracy of Rory and why in the heck do the Detroit Lions never ever guard the tight end ever? I had people online coming at me about this conspiracy like yelling at me because oh did you not notice that there was that he got picked off yeah it's called it's called switching the route it's called being aware for that and like not letting i don't know their what second or third best player just run absolutely wide open on the goal line oh my gosh drove me nuts but the score is still 24 19 so me the uh, detroit kool-aid drinking optimist was thinking hey we're still good i mean it's a little tighter than i'd like we're we're heading into the fourth quarter uh only up uh not even a score but i still feel good and you know why i feel good grifka i wish i had a sound bite for this but i don't but it was one of my favorite tweets that i put out of all time matt stafford hikes the ball he throws it to uh, J.D. McKissick, 
McKissick throws it back to Matt Stafford. My eyes light up. Matt Stafford catches it. And again, cuts it loose deep to Kenny. And all I can yell is the is the Bill Raftery. Onions! <laughs> Daryl Bevel, <laughs> onions! <laughs> what a big set of onions on Daryl Bevel for this touchdown. It was probably one of my top ten uh, favorite plays the Lions have ever done ever. Yeah, that was uh, – I, 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 I'm going to do all honesty. I'm going to pull back the curtain let you here and let, let everybody know here. Um, I had to watch that on replay because I had stepped to the bathroom. I figured the lines were in the middle of the field. They weren't going to score there really quick. So uh, all in all honesty, I didn't see that live. But when I heard the crowd scream and I had to finish you know, my, uh, my uh, uh, use of the bathroom really quick to run back out to watch the replay. So uh, I didn't see it live. But it was a great catch. The replay was awesome, especially the way they slowed it down. Krifka, what do what you, these people that sit in front of us at Lions games, you just get up on second down and then go to the restroom when you know the game is going on? You, you couldn't have held it for two more plays? Dude, I had been holding it for a long time. <laughs> I was just, who knew it was two plays, man? I mean, I didn't know. It was second down the Lions. I was expecting to run up the middle with, you know, Trey Carson. You know, so I guess that's what I was looking forward to. Even though oh, he wasn't on the field, he wasn't on the field. McKissick was. I mean, it was just one. Of, I, so I, it was one of those things. Like I'm just like I can't hold it any longer, and I didn't have a, you know, I'm not one of those disgusting people that goes into like a empty Gatorade cup. Okay, well, Grifka, the onions wasn't about that. It was about the stones on our offensive coordinator in the fourth quarter. With let me see here, we had 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter to pull this rabbit out of his bag. I mean. Oh, oh, oh. Woo! The the look on my face when J.D. McKissick threw it backwards and I just thought and I didn't see anybody like near our quarterback. And then when I saw him load up to throw it deep, I was just, oh, my goodness. I mean, are you kidding me? Oh, 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 baby. <laughs> I was like and then and then to cut it deep and to have Kenny catch it for a second touchdown and have a walk in where again, I was like. Thank goodness Matt Stafford didn't burn that deep because he's been known to do that. Wide open plays, throws it deep, hands on the helmet, put it out there, gave him some room to run under it, make the catch. It was an absolutely big touchdown, 31-19. And Grifka, you haven't ragged on the defense a ton, but obviously they you know, gave up some points here on those, those 50-50 balls and the unguarded you know, Evan Ingram. But this is going to be my beef with people that, that – have issues with this football game. It's 31-19 with 12 minutes left in in the game. The Giants wait till 1 minute 19 seconds left to score with Saquon Barkley to make it 31-26. So so if he doesn't score there, it's 31-19 Lions and who knows, maybe we go down and get a field goal or run out the clock. That would have been a great victory. Everybody's just saying like, oh man, we, we handled them. Like what a great home win. But because of this cheap touchdown, which helped me win in fantasy. So thank you, say quads. Um, other than that, it was worthless. So like you can rag on the defense all you want, but really they gave up 19 points, uh, you know, on a, and, and again, we, we admit the two touchdowns were kind of, you know, you, whatever you just made a play. Um, I didn't feel like they got sliced up and I felt like they brought pressure. They got after Dan, uh, the quarterback, they hurried him, they hit him, They had some sacks. I mean, again, did you miss the two in a row by Trey flowers, Griffka? Because they've been complaining about that for, I don't know how long big Trey boys showing up big. You need to give them a little bit of props. And like, had that game ended 31-19, we hear none of this. But because it's 31-26, oh, they only won, not even by a full score. You know this game wasn't close. Come on now. 
Yeah. Um, first, I will give the props to Trey Flowers. I particularly like on the one sack of, of the two where he actually put Nate Solder on skates and just kind of pushed him back into the quarterback. That was pretty cool. Um, but um, still, Big though, dude. I mean, you're right. It was it was five points, and it was a, a late score. And, you know, the onside kick for the Giants ultimately went out of bounds. But uh, that still, man, like 300. And, I mean, it was close to what? Like, God, I can't get the number. I can't remember. It was close to like 350. For Danny Dimes and four touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, yeah. still a 320, lot 322 and four, but let, but let's say you know that end touchdown was like you're just playing prevent, right? So if you take that away, he probably ends up with like 280 and three TDs. Um, still not the greatest stat line, but again, he's an NFL quarterback. What do you expect him to hold him like 201 touchdown? I mean, he's playing indoors against a defense that's a little bit banged up with a new safety and everything. Like, again, I know it sounds almost like excuses, but I, I had to fight people after the game where everybody was all freaking out. Why didn't we blow out the Giants? I can't believe this. It's like, first of all, we won. Second of all, like, I can't imagine too many people were shaking in their boots. I mean, okay, Saquon scores. You really think they were going to get the onside kick? I mean, it's like a like a 2% chance of getting it these days. I really was not worried whatsoever. Yeah, I'm always like a stranger things have happened type guy. So, uh, I mean, yes, I've told we, you this we before. Know this. Yeah, we I've know. told you this before. I'm never comfortable until I see uh, the triple zeros uh, on the clock or uh, the, I see Matt Stafford taking the victory formation. You know, so. Uh, that's because that's that mentality you have. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get away from this, Griff, because there's going to be a point in your life where I don't have to play this theme music with you and the Detroit Lions. It's going to be okay, buddy. I'm telling you. <laughs> okay, like I said, uh, not quite there yet, but uh, just seen a lot of strange things happen with uh, with my beloved Detroit Lions. That okay? Now that we got triple zeros, we're good. Woo! I can uh, take yeah. a deep breath now, but uh, still, I mean. Yeah, you're you're right. Like that last drive was, you know, just you know, keep them in front of them, let the clock run down. It's our friend type thing. Just I don't know. I don't I don't know. It's like uh, maybe because Slay wasn't in, but Griffith, I mean, don't don't end the show with this. I don't know that I haven't seen it. The Lions won. They beat the Giants at home. I I heard I heard Mike Valenti. I'm not going to go on a 10 minute rant, but I should. He was going on and on about oh anybody that thinks like a W is a W is an uneducated. Uh, dumb fan who doesn't know football. Okay, well, I guarantee I've heard Mike Valeni say before that, you know, you, you just go out and win the game, don't care what it looks like, you know what I mean, all this stuff. Like, we don't have to apologize for victories in the NFL. I put it out on Twitter right after. You don't apologize for victories. They don't come easy. You don't take them for granted. And they're not always going to be perfect across the board. Like, I'm just sick of this. Like, I, I want people to, yeah, okay, there's going to be ups and downs in a game. Yeah, there's games that are closer than maybe we want. But at the end of the day, it's the end result. I mean, do they need to play better in some areas? Yeah. Did the offense still blow it up? Did Matt Stafford play great? Can he? You know, Danny Amendola almost had another 100-yard game. Like, all those things happen too. So, I mean, like you say, i just trying to tell people, like, you're not going to go in and, and just beat people by 30. Uh, this was a big win at home. And, and the reason it's big is because they need to stack it now and, and they need to go on the West Coast and get one and then, uh, you know, kind of carry carry that mo into some division games and Turkey Day and all that good stuff. But we'll get to all that. So sum up this game, Griff, or say anything else before we uh, we're going to read some fan tweets uh, leading into our Friday show and then we'll get up out of here. Um, some is I, I'll take the W as much needed after the three game losing streak. It's nice to see that. Uh, they were able to beat a team that everybody expected them to beat. 
Um, like you said, now they just got to start stacking them up. They have a, a stretch here. I mean, there's a couple tough teams in there. Uh, you know, a couple tough, you know, especially places to play, you know, going to Chicago, got uh, the Cowboys coming into the house here pretty soon. So, uh, yeah, but this is definitely a stretch here, you know, between now and Thanksgiving where uh, we can uh, stack up some W's and um, once again make the uh, NFL um, take notice of the Detroit Lions that uh, we are uh, playoff contenders. Griff, I think Frank Ribble and many other people online would take you to task about your your uh, Chicago being a tough place to play. Have you seen their record recently? Have you seen the garbage games they've been they've been losing and putting out? I mean, not too many people are scared of that football team right now. Um, well, they did they did lose to Detroit's next opponent, so uh, I can bring that up on the next show though. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, abs- absolutely. And uh, like you say, man, we'll uh, we'll talk all about it. I just uh, I'm excited to see Grifka. We got to get more of these shows. I mean, the Lions have to win for you to be in a good mood and have a good show and not not pull some of your garbage because this is what the fans want. They want Grifka like you are in about mid July when you're all uh, psyched up on Detroit Kool Aid thinking this team's going to win 12 games. Not like when they lose a couple and you're, you're down in the dumps, man. Come on. Don't make me play the music again. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they won, you know, you got to keep this mentality. Grifka, I'm going to get you hyped up right now. Cause we're heading into our Friday show. We're going to be previewing the uh, Raiders. But like I said, we just came off the trade deadline and I want to give you some, I asked people to send me scores and also like maybe what they would have done or what they hoped for on the trade deadline. So you, you ready for some of these? Yeah, I always love hearing from our fans. Absolutely. So the first one we got is from One Pride at One Pride DE. He wrote 34 Lions, 24 Raiders. We've got good old Arthur. He's always coming after us on Twitter. He wanted them to pick up Brian Hill. I mean, okay. And uh, <laughs> he's got the Lions beating the Raiders, though, 24 20. Uh, we got Mark Hoffman. He's got send and slay away before the deadline, and he's got Lions 28, Raiders 20. Frank Ribble, the one and only, uh, wanted us to pick up Justin Jackson. I really like him as a football player, but it's kind of an off-the-radar name, but I, I liked it. Of course, Ribble's got 34 Lions, 20 Raiders. Uh, Scott Evans uh, wrote in and said Melvin Gordon for a fourth. He's got Lions 31, Raiders 17. Uh, we've got mostly off topic. Uh, they write uh, no trades and they see the Lions beating the Raiders by three, 31 to 28. We've got Purdue, P E R D U E on Twitter. Uh, he writes in, uh, he wanted Justin Jackson as well. Well, he said Justin Jackson and Trey Carson are the same human being. Um, and then he puts, uh, for once, Detroit needs to go hard in the paint and get a superstar like Melvin Gordon. Man, he must have been reading some of my tweets. He didn't get a score in there, but I liked it enough to put it on here because uh, I was a proponent of Melvin Gordon as well as I know you like him. Uh, we've got Halo Walker, um, Walker Kelly 13 on Twitter. He writes Rashad Penny. That was a name a lot of people were talking about. would have been nice to see him in the D. 28-24 uh, Detroit. We've got uh, Lane. Lane writes in. He says, I think we stand pat and look at our options come the draft. Lions 27, Raiders 21. Uh, Big Show RSO. uh, That's our buddy, the Big Hughes on Twitter. He writes and says, uh, no trades. Uh, He had been telling me since a couple days ago. He goes, Oakry, there's not going to be any big trades. Just garbage NFL talking all these names. Nothing's going to happen. He was right. Lions 35. 
Raiders 24, 11 point dub. Got to love it. A couple more here. Jack Griffin, he writes, Slay stays. Uh, we get Gordon or Freeman. Wish didn't happen. And he says, Lions 33, Raiders 20. Paul Young writes in and says, no trades, but the Lions take it to the Raiders 42 to 17. Oh, baby. That, that, that'd be a punch, your, punch him in the face, take your candy, happy Halloween, Grifka right there. Yeah, you better give me a wow on that one. I don't even know if that's going to happen, man. I don't know if you can find that soundbite quick, but that's a wow. You say, that, that does deserve a wow. Uh, that, that's probably one of these, actually. Wow! 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 <laughs> That's a Frank Ribble quad wow. Um, yeah. We got Chris Saltz. He writes, uh, trade depends on who. If a running back, he's got the score of 28-27 Lions. He says if we get a pass rusher, 31-24 Lions. Uh, your move, Bobby Quinn. Obviously, he didn't do anything, so I don't know where his score stands after that. We've got, and I never slice. Uh, he writes in no trades. Lions 27, Raiders 24. Uh, Pinchy Weedo writes in and says that we're going to get Le'Veon Bell or Kerrigan, the, the rusher from Washington. He writes 30, no, 27 Lions, 20 Raiders. And then we got our guy Keith with one of the better, uh, one of the, he's got good beard game in his profile picture here. Keith says uh, he, he, we're getting Le'Veon Bell before the deadline and the Lions are going to win 27-20. So lots of reactions. And if I didn't read your reaction, there's probably a couple of reasons. You probably didn't pick the Lions to win. And, uh, yeah, that's probably the reason. There was, I, I, was, anybody, I, was, I, was, I was actually sitting there wondering, I'm like, did anybody <laughs> pick them to lose? I mean, that's a lot of com- I mean, I mean, I Griff know this is Detroit Kool-Aid, but that's an awful lot of confidence in this team. Because, again, it's the Kool-Aid cast. It's not the I'm right cast. It's not the uh, prediction. It's not Vegas cast. It's Kool-Aid cast. So I weed out all the losses. I retweet anybody that says the Lions are going to win. And then when you give us players and scores, I read you on the podcast. That's how I do it. Okay, cool. Because I was like, gosh, there's a lot, a lot of hopeful people around here. And I'm glad. So, uh, but uh, wow, I, I weeded out, I weeded wow. out the Griffkas. I, I weeded out Team Griffka. What can I say? <laughs> um, so, like you say, it should be fun. I can't wait for this game. Wow, should be a good one as we head out to the West Coast. You know what Griffka thinks about that? We'll talk all about all about it Friday. Griffka, there's only one thing left to do. You got anything else for the people? Uh, nope. That's like a, a five a five bell for you to get us out of here. Um, fun show. Always fun to talk about a victory a trade deadline. I wish there would have been more news instead of more crickets. But uh, we'll see what they do. Um, we'll see how this run game holds up as well as the defense. But uh, build off this W. Um, go out to the West Coast. Try to get a dub against Gruden and company. Should be fun. We'll talk all about it on Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Back to back. Start the play. Drink it in, man.